Hello and welcome all to the Franchise Tag Podcast for the old fan, the new fan and the UK fan. I hope you're doing all okay. The free agency period has called off very appropriately for us to go into April because now we are into draft season. We've had the combine, we've seen them at college, we've had some movement in within the draft with teams trading, which we will talk about in a moment. But now it's time for the Franchise Tag to focus on the draft on the players that are coming out of college and who are they going to affect, which teams are going to go into, where are they going to affect. It's it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a big month. We are focusing today on the offensive side of the ball. Today it's quarterbacks, it's wide receivers, it's offensive linemen, and maybe a couple of times running backs thrown in there every now and then. In a week that's seen myself get COVID for the first time, anything could really happen in this podcast today. Um, I am still recovering, so apologies if my voice is hoarse and I may splutter or, you know, sneeze or anything like that. You know, that's show business, baby. baby. When you're live, when you're live broadcasting, anything can happen, can't it? I mean, anything can happen. We've had it before live on the podcast with Russell Wilson being traded for the Broncos. We, we, more live, thing could, live things could happen. Adam got sort of, you know, lured into a false sense of security by a sleeper earlier, thinking there was going to be a huge trade. Was it, was it AJ Brown? Was it? That's was what it, we were hoping for. We AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, any of the initials. We were hoping for any of them to come through. <laughs> and instead, it was Gronk saying he's not ready yet to play, to commit to football, I believe is what it was. A fascinating story. Well, while Gronk is trying to recover and bring that broken heart back to pieces after his best friend Rick Brady retired and then unretired, it's just so much confusion, confusion Gronk for a man that can't count to 10. It's okay. We've got you here. Franchise Tag Podcast is here for you. But it is draft time and we're going to be talking about the offensive side of the draft as we look towards the whole of April where the draft will be taking place Thursday, 28th of April. It will be a late one. Make sure you book the Friday off of work. You might not be bothered about the second round, the third round, but it does go on to the Saturday, the 30th of April. But if you want to catch the first round, it's going to be you know, starting early in the morning. You want to book the Friday off because you're going to have to capture it all because anything can happen in the draft that is happening in Las Vegas this year. You could be a real happy Jacksonville Jaguars fan or a real happy Kansas City Chiefs fan because you have 12 picks in the whole of the draft. They're the two teams with the most picks in this draft this year. Or you could be a bit upset via the Miami Dolphins. But you shouldn't be upset. you just got Tyreek Hill, but you have only got four draft picks for the whole of that weekend. So it's going to be a long one for the Miami Dolphins and one that probably isn't going to much happen. However, if you are a Lions fan, a Green Bay Packer fan, we have one here with us, a Houston Texan fan, a Kansas City Chiefs fan, a New Orleans Saints fan, a New York Giants fan who we have here with us, a New York Jets fan, a Philadelphia Eagles fan or a Seattle Seahawks fan, you are going to want to book Friday off because you have two first round picks. Currently, I must say, currently have two first round picks because anything could happen just like we had yesterday with the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints, the laces and the trades that have been happening this offseason. It was not for players this time. It was for picks and it was the Eagles. They traded their 16th pick and the 19th pick and a sixth round to the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints giving back their 18th pick, a 2023rd first round pick, a 2024 second round pick, a third round pick and a seventh round pick in this year's draft as well. Saints moving up from 18 to 16 and they get 19 and Eagles keep their 15 and get 18 as well. Andrew, this draft came, this, this trade came out. Obviously, it's a, a division, you know, the Eagles being in your division, it was a bit of an eye-opening one. It was one that maybe people on both sides were a little bit like, what? what's all that about to begin with? Uh, we had an Eagles friend of the podcast who hated this trade to begin with for the Eagles. What was your take when this all came out? 
Uh, yeah, it's really odd to see uh, a trade just for picks before the draft has started. So when you were on about a trade, I was like, oh, who? what player? What, I'm interested. But uh, when I saw it was picks for picks, it takes a little bit of time to digest what's gone on. You have to look at the future and things like that and see what how many picks they've got later on and whether that impacted. Um, and yeah, looking at it, I was like, wow, the Eagles have done fantastic business yet again this is the second year running we've talked about how good they've done in business for draft picks and movement within the draft um slightly confused with the what the saints uh saints were thinking uh i don't think they got a lot in it and lots of people were saying for what they gave up just for um movement in the draft they could have got any player outside of a quarterback um for what they had to give up which you're then thinking What's their tactic? Who are they going for? So yeah, it, it opens a lot of um, lot of discussions with us lot, and it is exciting. But yeah, it's it's odd to see movement just for picks so early. I thought that as, as soon as I saw this reported, I thought Eagles have done good business here. You've still got two first round picks. You've got another first pound pick next year. You've got a second round pick in twenty twenty four. You're trading with a, you, you. You're not trading so much within that position or where the saints were uh, where the saints are but it's like hindering you you're not you, there's no one's elevating above you that they, they, they've not really sort of hindered on anyone in their division either i suppose but they seem to be accumulating picks adam really the only question i had from this eagles trade is what where where is philly at at the minute because this roster feels like it could really push and this division definitely is something they they could win this division if they really put minds to it they, they had three first round picks that could be three first the first uh sorry starting players you now have only two maybe starting players and you, you seem to be on the cusp of maybe pushing a little bit more here I, I feel like it is working out with Jalen hurts but there is question marks there what does this say about the eagles going forward is they have they have they got confidence in in this roster and getting back to the super bowl i wouldn't say they necessarily have 100% confidence, especially mm. in Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I think there is an element of that to it. It's um, They're going to give him, you know, he, he's got the job this year. I think that's fairly plain to see. Um, and it's going to be about whether or not he can progress. I think all he did last year. I think if he can progress again, then they will keep on, keep on sticking with him. That's what they'll do. Um, at the end of the day, they've been very clever. They've, they've managed to move a couple of spots here and there in the first round they've still got two first round picks yes they've lost one this year but they've gained one next year they're going to get two first rounders this year and then two first rounders next year if they stick with the picks so it's a it's a good move i mean you, they're building a roster a, a young solid roster of first round picks and that's normally a very good way to get yourself into the playoffs and, and potentially into the Super Bowl in a weak NFC, you know. Um, and, and the other thing is, is this is what you've, you've got to remember. It's not just about the division. It's also the conference as well. I mean, the theory is, is say, with Green Bay, um, Rodgers will be gone in a couple of years. That's the theory. So you, you have to think that they're going to be in a massive rebuild. So that's them out the window. Um, the Buccaneers are going to be without Brady. They'll be another team in a massive rebuild. You'll still have the Rams because they've gone in so much with the players that they've got. So they'll still be there. But realistically, 
who else is there on the NFC side? There, there's, you know, you've got the 49ers, maybe if Trey Lance progresses, there's potential there. But at the moment, there isn't anyone else that is really standing out. The Eagles and what they're doing is they're quietly building a really good roster and they they could quite easy they seem to have a game plan and it seems to be working for them last year don't see why it's going to change this year um yeah i think they, they've done very well if we do see one thing this off season it is that slowly adam's eagle hatred is is, is is coming out of him like he's almost been baptized by the Nick Foles of of of, of, of Philadelphia and that uh, he's finally going to come around to that the Eagles actually have a plan they know what they're doing they're looking competitive they have a young I, squad there's a lot of positive verbiage coming out here Adam well the one thing I'd say is that the reason that I said that they were rubbish a couple of years ago was because they were rubbish I think that's <laughs> that's fair um and the reason that I think they're doing well is because they're actually doing well <laughs> in that respect I feel I've been fairly consistent with it you're a facts man at heart you're a facts man that's all you need uh Andrew Saints uh what does this symbol for them I mean people are saying this is the Saints not done this is the Saints maybe even getting more first round picks to their move up in the draft as well maybe to go get a quarterback some people are are, are suggesting um I mean at the uh I, I mean at the 18 and God, there's so many numbers I can't even think what the other number they're at but anyway they've gone to 18 16 they get 19 so they've got 16 and 19 they could feasibly get a quarterback in this position do you think the Saints a moves like this usually signal that you're going for a bit of a a game change they, they're targeting game changing players is is that what you i mean they're not going to go out and get two corners here you know they, they've got to be looking at a, a wide receiver maybe they are looking at a corner but that or maybe even a quarterback as well these are strong positions that they do need to improve on right yeah i mean we've, we've said in previous years especially last year as well their defense isn't isn't massively the issue it, it's going to be their offense going forward um i said as soon as it came out when i analyzed it i was like well, why didn't they ring the Giants? You know, if, if you're if you're wanting to build a package and move up to the draft and there's players that you are nailed on that you think can change your franchise, why are you not looking at the somewhere in the top 10 pick? Yes, we know a quarterback is going to easily fall to them at that point and no one knows who is the best of the four or five quarterbacks that we're talking about. So they're going to get one of them and it could be the best one. You don't know. Um but yeah, if you're after that wide receiver that you're like, he's going to change our franchise, I think you need to be higher than that uh, to get him. But Adam's Adam's similar with, uh, with the quarterbacks as the wide receivers. You're going to get a great one regardless of who you get in the first round. But if there's someone you're like, that's the one I want to build around. I think I think you need to be higher than what they are if, if that's the case. So yeah, I would, I would have been ringing the Giants. What a massive coincidence when the Saints make moves for maybe some high potential offensive players. But we are doing a podcast all about the offensive players that are coming out in this draft this year. Uh, what a coincidence that is. And, you know, there is going to be names if you're not that okay with college football that and, and you've not maybe been keeping an eye on the college stuff or you maybe just know the top maybe five players' names. There's going to be names that you don't know. Now is the opportunity to learn these players as we're going into the draft for you and your teams to, to look at. And, if, you know, when you watch it, you go, oh, I've heard of his name. Or or if your team picks him, you go, you know, at least I've heard of him and, and heard a little bit about them. And that's the opportunity we're going to be providing today. Andrew is a huge college football fan, watches as much of it as he can. He is more of our college guy here on the podcast. I am playing host. However, I will put my 50p in here because I do keep my finger on the pulse. Adam is slowly getting to his college stuff. He's definitely kept his finger on the pulse on 
every wide receiver that Green Bay could, should, and maybe even draft. Um, so we, we we'll want them all. We want all of them. <laughs> just, just all of them. I've, yeah. I've heard. Sev- I've seen several mocks where you dawdled it. I've seen several mocks where you, you double yeah. dip on the wide receiver as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. I've seen double dip as well. Uh, double, double dip. Nearly went with the wrong word there. Um, well, let's kick off into it. I mean, uh, the let's go with the most important position in football, the quarterback position. We're going to talk about quarterbacks. We're going to talk about wide receivers. We're going to talk about O-linemen. Purely focusing on them because they are the strongest, most relevant positions in this offensive side of the ball. We'll briefly mention tight ends and running backs. However, there's not been a, and there's not Najee Harris of this year or a Derek Henry of this year or players or Jonathan Taylor of this year. They, though famously, a lot of them have gone into the lower ends of the draft. There just isn't this talent pool this year has maybe not got the the out and out stars like Chase Young and Trevor Lawrence were in, in drafts gone by, but it has got loads of depth. That's what's been different about this draft, and it's going to be hard to call who is in that top five or top ten uh, come draft night. But we're going to start with the quarterbacks. Uh, something I very much like to focus on being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, um, and I, I'm hoping that Andrew and Adam and myself can can give you as much knowledge about these quarterbacks. So, uh, Andrew, I'd let you kick off with them. I know the name's Malik Willis. I know the name Kenny Pickett. I know the name Sam Howe, even though I've not seen him in any of the first round mocks that I've been looking at. I know the name Desmond Ridder. There's there's probably more names to add. We're going to be talking about a couple of them. You go right ahead. Who should I be keeping an eye out for? And who maybe the Steelers might get at our position at uh, 20 or 21? I can't remember. Yeah, so if you want to you want to talk Steelers and want to talk perfect person for them, the perfect person to take a gamble on as well. It's Malik Willis for me. Um, you know, when you're talking about gambling on players, everybody gambled on Trey Lance last year. And they gambled on him based on his cannon of an arm, and how much of an athlete he was. Well, if you want to talk about those two things, Malik Willis is a bet. He's got a better arm, a more deadly arm. He's probably got the best arm in this draft class, and he is built like a running back. Uh, you know, he's he. Which for me, when you're talking about a running quarterback and you're worried about them getting hurt, this guy you don't need to worry about that because he's built like a running back. He's built to take those hits. And when you look at the stats and things like that coming through, you know, he's had 94 uh, break tackles, which was second to Kenneth Walker, who's a running back, in the whole of everybody who plays in college. Wow. So you know he's got that. He's, um, he didn't do the 40-yard dash in the combine. I think it's because maybe he's not got the full speed like some of the guys that you were talking about, and he doesn't want to be classed as a runner but he's got great running skills. He's a great runner. And like I said, the arm that he's got, he get the deep ball that he's got, you know, it's, it's a scary arm. It's great. So if you're talking about who you want to take gamble on for me, he is easily the, the best prospect to take work with and potentially have someone who could really change a franchise in, in that sense of thing. So if you're looking for someone for your Steelers, I like him. Now we talked about someone who's a great prospect. Who who's the best? Who's the, who's the best day one ready? For me, um, if he hadn't have had his injury, for me it's Matt Carell. Um, what I saw of him and what I watched, I thought he's got an NFL arm. He's got his accuracy is insane. Like he best accuracy out of all of them, um, and. He's he's a he's a shifty runner. He's great on the escape. He's really good. He'll be great in using in play action. He's at Old Miss. 
It's an SEC team. He made Ole Miss really um, watchable this year, which is something they've they've not they have they've lacked a little bit from a couple of years since they lost um, uh, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, players like that. But uh, he's really put them back on the map, and I enjoyed watching them last year. And he was the main reason I enjoyed watching them. He's got um, good decision making, and it's improved over the years he's been there. They brought in a new coach while he was at Old Miss and they brought in Lane Kiffin and it really, really improved him. Uh, and I think people remember uh, the mistakes and the drops and the ball handling that he had prior, but every single year he improved on that. And I think last year um, turnover rate, he was, he was better than all of the guys. So for me, he is the, the most ready day one. The only thing that worries me about him is the injury picked up at the end of the year. Um, they did say, you know, sit out of the ball games, like don't risk it, get get ready for the draft. And he said, no, I played with this team all year. I want to play in the bowl. It's my team. And it didn't go well. He went off on the car injured. And that's where the question marks are for me with him. Um, in terms of like when people are talking about these guys and they're unsure of what they can produce, take Kyler Murray, for instance. He's a guy that's got good accuracy. And when he's out of the pocket, is elusive and it can escape. But the difference that this guy's got is when he, he's going to run at players and he's going to hit them. He's got good build. He's not a little guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he could be sort of a Kyler Murray type back. And I think if you put them in a race and um, he, he's as quick as as the other guys and he's as quick as Malik Willis, I think maybe it, he could be quicker than him. Um, so he's a very talented runner as well. So let's not like downplay that. So for me, NFL ready uh, day one for me. And we've got to talk about the guy at Cincinnati. We do have some sort of links to Cincinnati here. Our editor, her uh, her cousin's just recently got a scholarship in Cincinnati. And unfortunately, she's not going to be able to watch Desmond Ridder uh, throwing the ball in Cincinnati because he'll be uh, he'll be going into the NFL draft as well. Adam, uh, what have you got on Desmond Ridder? I mean, he had a fantastic year at, uh, at Cincinnati, a team that really gained, gained, gained fruition in, uh, in last season. Yeah, from what I saw of you know, different videos and, and what Rid has done over the last couple of years, it, it feels like he's um he would be ready to, to start to me. It feels like he would be capable. He he's he's okay, but he's not amazing sort of thing. It, it the one big problem that I sort of saw from what I saw was the accuracy. He he mm -hmm. does seem to be a little bit um a little bit heavy with the ball it flies over a lot of the time i've there was quite a few different um quite a few different parts of uh, different plays where he's just literally just passing it out to the running back that's all he's doing and it's just going over their head or it's falling short for them and it feels like there's it that that's his big problem that's that's the real issue for him I think it's it's really difficult with these quarterbacks. It it really is. I mean, you can kind of take what a lot of websites put out and their analytics and and where they feel that they are in their rankings and stuff like that. And and if you believe all of that, then none of these are anywhere close to the quality of what we had last year. And that's that seems to be what a lot of people's opinion is of all of them, to be honest. It's it's a really tough one. I think Ridder's got 
I think he, he processes well. That was one thing I noticed. He seems to sort of go through his progression pretty pretty well. Um, so that's definitely something he's got. But yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I wouldn't want to be drafting a quarterback in the first round this year. To be honest, that's the problem. Mm. I think you have to look at it almost as though some of these guys are there to develop. And actually, I think like the Steelers is a great spot for someone because they've brought in Trubisky you know you, you've got the other ones that are there but we all kind of know that they're just sort of part of the roster rather than likely to start Trubisky seems to be the guy that they're going to give the chance to on a short-term deal but if they could pick up someone one of these guys then it does feel like it it would be the way forward personally for me I kind of agree with Andrew. I, after looking at it, I think Corral is the one who's probably the most exciting of the mm. whole lot. Um, I can understand why people like Willis. I, I do get that. Um, I think that he probably in time will become a, a bit, especially with the way the NFL is going as well, I think that will work. But to me, I think Corral, look, a lot of these injuries... They they just they always get them, don't they? And they they just carry on. So you just sort of think, is it really that bad? I don't know. But um, yeah, there's they're all much of a muchness, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, there's also a name that we haven't mentioned that because uh, Matt Corral is is a name that has been really going down the boards. I've not seen it in many mocks. I've not seen it here be discussed that much. The name that seems to be very talked about but has been going in the top 10 picks is, is Kenny Pickett who was at Pittsburgh uh, University of Pittsburgh um which I think a lot of Pittsburgh seeders would be very happy with that pick as well I've not watched loads of him I've been an elite Willis guy more than anything um what's Pickett got to bring to the table for one of these NFL teams I think from what what you what we all saw of the combine he, he's got a good arm he seems pretty athletic you know, but they all, like I say, they all do kind of thing. Mm. It's like, he looks like he's he's a talented quarterback who, who could start in the in the NFL and, and give it a good go. I mean, the one thing, the one thing that I did notice, and you don't pick it up in the combine, but you do when you look at um, him playing, he's he doesn't stay in the pocket very long. He's out of that pocket as quickly as he can possibly mm. be, which is kind of a, a bit of a problem because you could I saw like plays that they showed and there's guys that were open if he had stayed in there just a little bit longer and and he was too busy running and trying to get out of it and you sort of think well you know if you if you're not going to be brave enough really to to stick in the pocket long enough at college what are you going to be like in the NFL sort of thing so that was the one thing I noticed with him but um yeah I, I can understand why people are um are looking at him he, he he comes across as though he's consistent but i mm. i wouldn't say that he's he's great mm. i mean the, the word's been that a couple of these quarterbacks may go in the top 10 andrew i mean uh seahawks uh the carolina panthers both teams that in a lot of mocks that have, have been mocked to take quarterback are in need of a quarterback i know you have your arguments for drew lock being you know give him a go i mean people have their arguments for um Sam Donald still go. I mean, it's not an argument we really have here, but it, there's 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 definitely discussion with some of these quarterbacks going in the top ten. Do you think they are warranted to be going in the top ten, given that there is no really out and out number one? Yeah, of course there is. Um, like I said at the start of it, 
uh, Trey Lance went at number two. Um, and we haven't seen anything of him and we don't know roughly what he can produce. He was a prospect and people like what they saw. Um, and like I said, there's guys in here that I like more of what I've seen from these guys than I did from Trey Lance. So mm. why are these guys get, should be out of the top 10 when he was the second pick? There's guys in this draft that excite me more and I think would be better suited to the NFL than Zach Wilson. So mm. again, you know, that's, that's two and three. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's, there's guys, it's just about analyzing what you've got, what would suit your team the best and hoping that one of these guys it hits because um, I think I think there's four of them that could be start as day one. I think one of them, um, I think he needs to maybe sit and learn. I think he's got a bit, bit more of a learning curve than uh, some of the others, but can then become a starter. Um, Who's that? So, yeah. Which one do you think that is? I think Desmond Ridder needs a little bit more time. I think he, he's got some some flags, red flags that I'm like they need ironing out before he's a starter. He's mm -hmm. he's consistent and he's had a, a long long consistent career with Cincinnati and he was the captain. He's got good leadership skills, but there's stuff that needs ironing out more than any of the others. Mm -hmm. um, so I think he he needs a, a bit of NFL coaching, a bit of time to adapt. Uh, and he could be uh, a starter in the future, uh, whereas I think the others have a chance at being day one starters and uh, and potentially being good for the franchise. There's certainly interesting prospects out there to go in that quarterback, but we've got to move on to who they'll be throwing it to. And there's plenty of exciting ones coming out of this draft. Um, Adam has definitely taken a very, very keen interest since the Devontae Adams trade, so I will fire over to him. Uh, again, some of these names, they look like they'd be going in the top five. The Falcons in that fifth pick, wanting a, 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 wanting a wide receiver, really. A lot of people are mocking them there. Us included have said that they really need a wide receiver. There's plenty of these teams that look like they could go double wide receiver in the first round. Um, when you get kicked off with who you're looking at, who you're liking, and maybe who you think the Packers might be able to get. All of them. We'll have all of them. <laughs> I said before, we'll still have all of them. That's all you need to know. Um, look, these guys are ridiculous ridiculous they really are you look at some of the video it's insane what they can do um it's really difficult to sort of pinpoint exactly who the Packers should go for because you kind of feel like they they have the ability to go for any of them really mm. um I don't think Garrett Wilson will be there unfortunately I think he's the best of the lot myself um mm. but I, I don't I think he'll go before uh, there's lots of rumours about Drake London going early. Again, I think he'll go before it, it reaches uh, Green Bay. I do really like Chris Alabe. I think he's a really, really good wide receiver. He's got good speed and size, great route runner. And the one thing that a lot of people kind of don't think about, a lot of these guys, they've had one really good year. Well, Alabe's had two. So that's that's the reason I, I think that he's very good. He's gettable as well, I think, for the Packers. So I think I'd love to see him there. I I looked at a tape, really like Traylon Burks. I think he looks really good. Um, you know, I know it was Arkansas, so it's not quite against the, the bigger teams as much. But I think the thing with Burks that I noticed is just 
his size i mean he's mm. about 40 pounds bigger than what alave is it's ridiculous and yeah he i know he didn't run as fast in the combine but i mean you put pads on him and he just looks like a bulldozer and i think he would work really well in a shanahan offense you know he really would and it's it's that debo samuel style guy that he he could do that kind of stuff so I think he would be great for the Packers. Um, Jameson Williams is another one who was just just really good as well. Vertical kind of wide receiver, six foot two, you know, tall enough. That's that's something. If you want to speak specifically of the Packers, mm. then Gutekunst has kind of always gone for the bigger bodied kind of guy. So someone like that would be great. He did have a bad injury, but as we've said before, you know, these injuries are all a bit, you know, they always come back from them. They always seem to be good. Um, one guy who's a little bit, not first round, probably second day, um, if they wanted to go towards the second day, was um, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. I thought he looked decent mm. and, you know, another big bodied wide receiver, strong guy. Um, he kind of got taken out of the game when he played against the sort of the better teams. That is a little bit of a concern. But then obviously if you, you know, he's going to progress, he's not going to be a first round guy. So I think he's definitely someone that really everyone should be looking at. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's loads of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are doing your research because that's a name I haven't heard of. So that's, yeah. that's, that's you're very well done <laughs> to you. Andrew, it's no secret that you're a, an Ohio State fan. There's a couple of Ohio State receivers. Chris Olave, one is, is a one player that you've been really high on for a very long time. Uh, some you know, Alabama receiver um, and Arkansas receiver uh, as well going in the mix there. Um, you love Chris Olave. Is there anyone that, do you think they're all at an equal level or do you think Chris Olave pushes above everyone else? What, what's your opinion on this receiving core that's coming out? No, I, I agree with uh, with Adam that probably Garrett Wilson is the, is the best guy uh, in this. He looks like Jaden Waddle 2.0. Um, mm. he's, he's, a, he's a great route runner. He can play at every single position. You know, he, they used him in the slot. They used him a lot in that. He's um, He can be a wide receiver one. You can build a team around this guy. He can play everywhere. And what I really like about him is great route runner, but he's yards after the catch. You get him the ball. He's making plays. I think mm. that's that's the big thing that separates Wilson from Alave, both from Ohio State. Um, Alave is probably the most intelligent runner, the best route runner. 87% of his um, sort of separation comes from how well he runs his routes. And he's got Alave's got great hands. He only had a 5% drop rate. Um, so if you want a guy that you, you know, you're going to put the ball out. You know he's going to be where he says he's going to be, and he's always going to catch it. Alave's your guy. He's not great after the catch. He's going to catch it, and then you go in. Let's move the sticks. Let's carry on. But Wilson, he's the exciting one where you get him the ball, and it could be touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Um, so that's what I think he's the number one for me in this draft class. And then Drake London, you know I love a big guy uh, as a wide out. So if your team has a slot receiver and you need an out-and-out wide out that's going to be vertical, catching the ball, contested catches, uh, Drake London, you guys, six foot five. Um, he is a contested catch machine. You just chuck it up and he'll get it. Um, mm -hmm. He doesn't 
have the speed, the out and out speed like any of the other guys in this draft. But do you really need it when you can all those cornerbacks? You're just going to push them off and, and, and get it that way. Um, so I think if you need a wide out, like the Falcons need a wide out, I think. I think they, they could go after him. If you need a slot receiver or a, or you need to build a team around a receiver, it's it, it's Garrett Wilson. And Alave for me is um he's gonna be uh he could be a wide receiver too, uh, like T. Higgins is, and just sort of like clean up everything. You could build a team around him, he's gonna be good on the wide out. I think he'd be perfect for the Packers. Uh Jameis Williams, absolute speedster. He's going to be, you know, he is one of those guys, you know, when you talk about them, that's just downfield and no one's anywhere near them and they're just catching mm. the ball. He's, he's going to be that for you. Um, something that worries me in the NFL. I don't, I don't think it always works. I think that's a college thing. Um, but he's, he's definitely a fantastic talent. Um, he had yards per catch. He was actually better than, than Waddle and Smith at Alabama, which is where he's at. Oh, wow. um, so, you know, there's lots of things to like about him. Lots of things. And as Adam said, the depth of wide receiver in this as well, when you're going back, I, I, I've, I've, you guys have seen my top five in order. I didn't have uh, Traylon Burks on there. I didn't quite make my list. But he's, he's still a fantastic uh, receiver. Just for me at college, he ran, a, he ran around a little bit like a headless chicken. He's, he's a physical guy and he's, he's, uh, he's quick. But his routes weren't great. He just got himself open and caught the ball, which is great at college. But, uh, you know, sometimes that worries me in the NFL slightly. But uh, I know you bring up Alec Pierce there. Whoever drafts Desmond Ridder should go after him. They play together. <laughs> Literally be the perfect scenario. Um, so, again, the Falcons, you know, if they want to get a quarterback that they, they could potentially use next year and a wide receiver – Double down on him. They could get they could get both these guys later on, um, mm. but yeah, there's some other guys just to mention. John Mechie, who I thought was going to be the best receiver at Alabama for his year, uh, he's one not to shy away from as well. Um, yeah, so this 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 is a very talented wide receiver class, and you anyone who takes any of them, uh, I know Adam's going to be happy with this comment because he's the one that installs it in, and it'd be quite a lot. Why spend big money? on going out and getting one of the already talented wide receivers when the, the wide receiver talent coming through in the last three years is insane. You know, mm. I'd rather take one of these guys and pay them uh, $4 million a year than than have Kenny Golladay, who I really like. Mm -hmm. well, when you look at Jamar Chase, the pick last year, everyone went like, Bengals, what you did, why are you picking him? You should have taken Panay Sewell, and then he produces the season that he produces. I mean, any of these receivers that have a type of season that Jamar Chase had last year are going to be just thrilled. And any team and all the fan base is going to be absolutely thrilled as well. Um, let's talk about the unsung heroes, maybe, of the NFL, the ones that try and keep uh, quarterbacks upright and do a lot of the gritty work in the uh, in the trenches is the offensive linemen. Um, we talk about it because there is two that look like they could be going in the top 10, maybe even the top five. Uh, two of them were rumoured to be... They're going to be the number one pick at one point, being Evan Neal and Ikim Akwanu, uh, known as Iki Akwanu. Um, Adam, I know it's probably not your strong point, the offensive lineman, but you've surely heard of names now, haven't you? All this research, all, the, all this deep diving that you're doing in the drafts. Is there, is there particular big guys that you're interested in? Yeah, I mean, there's loads. Of, again, it's quite a strong, uh, strong selection that you can have here of. of guys where there's there's lots of them that are going to make a big difference i mean as you said um you know iki Aquanu looks looks really good i mean you 
I think from what I saw of him, he's he's a very good run blocker, like a great run blocker. Uh, Charles Cross is another one who looks pretty good. Maybe not quite as good as Aquanu. Um, decent at pass protection was the one thing that I noted from him. Um, but yeah, he looked he looked pretty good. Obviously, Evan Neal. He's I, I think you can safely say is the best one of the lot. He's the best all rounder. He can do pretty much everything, which is why um, I don't think he will go number one because I don't think that's where the Jags will go. But he. He could, if the Jags weren't needed an O lineman, he he would be the number one. Um, there's there's a few other. The one person who I saw, which was, I mean, just an absolutely ridiculous size of a man. It is just unbelievable how big he is. Daniel Fillele from Minnesota, mm. six foot eight, three hundred eighty-seven pounds, and he can move. That's what's scary. <laughs> he was just. He was just insane. And um, again, great, I mean, I put great run blocker. You sort of think, how can he be? Um, it's, <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous how big this bloke is. And yeah, there's some really good O-linemen there at the, at the beginning. I think that, like I said, the first three are all first rounders and probably quite high. Once you start getting past that, maybe at the back of the first, beginning of the second, I think you're probably looking at for a few of these guys. Um, another guy who I thought looked pretty good was Luke Gadecki. I thought he looked pretty decent from Michigan. Uh, he was quick, strong, but you're looking at pr- maybe a second day, possibly the very beginning of the third day. I thought he looked decent um, as someone that you can develop but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's depth, but really, them first three are just are just very very good, and then Bilaly is just an absolute monster. <laughs> well, teams are always looking for their bookend left tackle, right tackle combo, the ones that are going to keep their yeah. quarterbacks up right for the whole time. But Andrew, you got to give some love to the guards and centres as well, Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, Zion Johnson, uh, Kenyon Green, they're all names that I know very at the guard position. I know a lot of them have experience at playing tackle. I know that um, uh, Ikea Kwano has experience at playing guard as well, and and they have that flexibility. I would say, actually, that's what I've noticed, noticed a lot more when the offensive line we've been talking about is draft is they're act- all of them are pretty good, and all of them have massive flexibility as well. There's Bernard Ryman in there, the Aus- Austrian, who was a tight end, converted into a, a tackle as well. Um, to give us a little bit of info on them, Tyler Lindebaum was apparently a top 10 pick, has now really plummeted down. There's definitely teams out there that are going to need that guard position. And, and some of these teams, it's just a step away, really, from another Super Bowl win if they get one or two of them positions sorted. Yeah, I mean, that's the good thing about this uh, this draft. And when we talk about the depth in uh, O-line, and we talk O-line specifically, uh, this has got talent across the whole line. And Linda Baum's one of the best ones to talk about. He's probably rated maybe the third best O-lineman in this draft. But his the way his position, he I think he's going to be a center in the NFL. I think you're looking at him to play the center position. And that's not a position that, you know, there's there's only one on a team. You know, tackles, you've got two, guards, you've got two. So there's not many position the teams that are fully going out for a interior lineman to play center only, uh, which is why I think you're seeing him drop down a little bit lower than his actual talent is, because he's 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 easily a, uh, the third best probably O lineman in this draft. Um and as you talk about them as well, that's why these guys are, are, are dropping in this draft. Uh, Neil is 
a left tackle and he's going to be a generational left tackle, 6'7", 337 pounds. You know, that's what he is. Uh, and because that's what he is, how many of those teams at the top didn't invest in a left tackle in the last couple of years? Not many, which is why I think Icky might pip him slightly because he's got that right tackle experience. He's got that guard position. I think there's a lot of teams that are, are like you say, looking to bookend. And I think that's where his upside comes a little bit more. Do you need to solid up your left tackle or are you just trying to strengthen the O-line? So that's where you pick between these guys. But another ne- guy you named there at the guard position, Kenyon Green. I absolutely love this guy. I think he's fantastic. Mm. He's played every position. He's played uh, left tackle, right tackle, right guard, left guard, and he's played well at all of them. Mm. So if you want a guy that you can move around or potentially uh, have a as a tackle, uh, try him out a tackle. If he's a great tackle, brilliant. He is a big guy. Um, people worry about his length a little bit, but uh, you can move him to guard. You know, mm. Quinton Nelson is a guard. And uh, I think we forget that everyone talks about Quinton Nelson as possibly being the, the best O-lineman in the league. And he's not, he's not a left tackle. Uh, mm. So having that position is, uh, is real key, especially if you're a running team, this guy's going to on a run team could, could change, change their whole dynamic. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's, there's some fantastic names in here all the way through uh, to round three. Uh, and there were some guys in there, from the smaller colleges that really showed up on their um at the combine uh which will elev- only elevate them higher because they were freakishly athletic in the in the combine these guys for, for for big guys there's there's some proper athletes in here with with great footwork so this uh, this o-line has changed um from what it used to be these guys are athletes now andrew given that the biggest need for the giants was o-line i know that you've brought in a lot of o-linemen um but there's still a lot of rumors going around that they're gonna go o-line i mean who because you're five is it five and seven i think you are yeah i mean is is any of them like do you think will be available that you desperately want or or do you you know i mean as I said, I think that they'll that the Jags will probably go edge at the at number one. So, you know, there's a strong chance that the strongest O lineman might even be around. Yeah, I mean, Fred's always talked to me about this. Um, we've got a great left tackle. I'm happy with our left tackle. He was the only one of our own line. We we spent a first round pick on him, um, and I think he was the only one of our O line that was talented. So, uh, we brought in a couple of of guards. Um, Fingers crossed, eventually Nick Gates can get better at the centre position. So I think we'd only be looking at bookending, right tackle. Uh, and if, if for me personally, if that's what you're doing and you're happy with your left tackle, then wait wait till the second round uh, because we've, we've, we've all just mentioned it. There's, there's guys there in the second round that are equally as, as, as talented to fill that position. So I find for the draft, why not go after someone who's special that's going to change your franchise just in their position they play? Why don't you go after that edge rusher that's going to get you like all the sacks and get a bit of pressure? Why not go after that cornerback that's going to shore out linebacker? We've seen how important that's been. Um, So I'd be more excited if they went after that guy that's going to be uh, a day one superstar rather than strengthening 
a poor O-line when you can do that in the later rounds? It's all about depth. I think that's going to be a, 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 a word that we repeat constantly throughout this uh, throughout this draft period in April. Um, depth, depth and more depth. So thank you for joining us this evening. We really appreciate you all watching. Um, we're going to be talking lots about the draft throughout the whole time this April. We're going to be talking about the defensive side next week. We're going to be bringing about the alternative mock draft just because it annoys all of you. Because we we have such a mad draft, we we decide we're gonna I'm gonna it's gonna be even worse this year, Andrew, because we've got another person, George, involved in it, who's gonna give you probably another Barbie position that this team should go for. So our draft is gonna look real crazy by the end of it, and then we're probably hopefully gonna finalize out the last bit of the draft uh, with our our quote unquote official mock draft. We'll probably work through together. Um, there'll probably be a bit of debate in there, a bit of discussion. That might be a bit of a longer one, but it's what you need. Just days before the NFL draft will be happening on the 28th of April, Thursday in Las Vegas. Like I said, make sure you book the Friday off now because it's going to be a late one. It's one way you're going to want to call your mates. You're going to be wanting to watch it all together, get the snacks in, get the beers in and having a good time. But until then, thank you for watching us. Thank you for listening to us. We're the Franchise Tag Podcast and we'll see you all very soon. <laughs>